Hi everyone, welcome back to Understand the Bible. In this video we are thinking about freedom and free will. Now what is freedom? What is free, uh, free will? Do we have it? You may uh, recall that famous scene in Wild Angels and if you don't know the film you might know the, the, the bit because it was sampled in the Primal Screams Loaded uh, where they say well, We want to be free! We want to be free to, to do what we want to do and we want to get loaded! Yeah! And we want to have a good time! And I think a lot of people would echo those sentiments but what is freedom? What does it mean? And, and do we really have it? So this video is part of a series on justification and we're looking at that through the lens of the 39 articles and if you want a bit more on that go back and have a, a watch of the, the first video in the series on, um, on original sin. And I think that what Jesus says about free will here is actually pretty shocking. We're going to be looking at John chapter 8 verses 31 to 47. And just to say, by the way, I'll put the link down in the description below if you'd like to, to read it beforehand. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but, um, but I'll just read out the relevant bits as I sort of pick them out as we go through. So this is what it says in John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what Jesus says is that his teaching is the truth and to, uh, when you know his teaching, when you know the truth, then the truth will set you free. Now just think about this for a second. What does that say about where we're starting from? You know, Jesus is actually saying that we're not starting from a position of freedom, that we need Jesus' teaching to be free. So that's the first really important thing to remember, that freedom comes through Jesus and freedom comes through following Jesus' teaching. But the people that Jesus was talking to, they didn't understand. And this is often the way that things work in John's Gospel. You have misunderstandings and, and they reply, look, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? So they correctly grasp the implications of what Jesus is saying in that his teaching brings freedom but they say well we are free we're not slaves what does that mean so they misunderstand Jesus and Jesus then replies look very truly I tell you everyone who sins is a slave to sin so the Jews that Jesus was talking to they didn't understand they thought well we're not slaves but Jesus says yeah ah, yes slavery is actually not a kind of physical slavery but, but from sin. That's the kind of slavery that Jesus is talking about. And this is actually just what it says elsewhere in the Bible as well. For example, in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, the Apostle Paul talks about sin being like slavery. Now, that's a pretty big claim to make. Sin is like slavery. And yet, this is just what the Bible says. And so this is what Jesus was saying, that sin is slavery. Now, the problem is with sin, if you recall from the previous video, that our desires have gone wrong. We've become corrupt. You now we want the wrong things or we want the right things but want them too much. And uh, our desires are what has gone wrong. That is the problem. So if we want to be free to do what we want to do, then that is slavery because we're just captive to it. And this is actually what it says elsewhere in the, in, in the New Testament and uh, the rest of the Bible. So just to give you a couple of examples, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14 says, 
As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. And then he says again in chapter 2, verse 11, Dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. So what Peter is saying is there are sinful desires in us which wage war against us. And freedom is not having the freedom to indulge in the things that we want, because the things that we want often are our wrong things. It's interesting, C.S. Lewis, he said something I think which is fascinating uh, in Mere Christianity, which is, is a book that's well worth reading even still. And he said, how monotonously alike all the great tyrants and conquerors have been, how gloriously different the saints. So he says all of the, the tyrants and conquerors through history, they really wanted the same things. They'd be monotonously alike. Now, they wanted money and sex and power. Those are the things which, which they want, just their own selfish desires. Whereas freedom is freedom to overcome those desires. Freedom, he says, it, how gloriously different the saints. You know, when people submit themselves to God to do, to love God, to love others, it's a, a kaleidoscope of colours. It's gloriously different. It's the freedom actually not to sin. That is true freedom. Freedom not to sin. And I think this is actually a pretty shocking message for most people today, because we think freedom is about the freedom to indulge in what we want to do. But Jesus says that freedom actually comes in having that freedom not to indulge in what we want to do, because actually sin is slavery. And so he goes on, uh, verses 35 and 36. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is a thing only a son, a child, a son of God can set us free because the son belongs to God. It has that place in the family forever. So he's saying, if the son, if I set you free, you shall be free indeed. Because he has that place with God, because he has that relationship with God, he alone has the power to set us free. So we'll skip a few verses on now to verses 42 and 44. And Jesus says, If God were your father, you would love me, for I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what you say. Uh, what I say, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. So this is what Jesus is saying, that it is a binary thing. Either we belong to God or we belong to Satan. It's one of those two options at the end of the day. It is black and white. You remember last uh, in the last um, session we were thinking about Adam and Christ uh, in original sin. We were thinking whether we were in Adam or in Christ. And it's a similar thing here. Do we belong to God or do we belong to Satan? Who is our father? And what makes the difference is whether we believe and trust in the Lord Jesus, whether we listen to his teachings. That's the thing that really makes the difference. And so what can we say about those things? It's sort of drawing things to conclusion. Let me read you uh, the 39 Articles number 10 about free will, the first part of it. The condition of man since the fall of Adam is such that he cannot turn and prepare himself by his own natural strength and good works for faith and for calling upon the name of the Lord. So we have no natural strength in us to turn to God 
In fact, we are slaves to sin to such an extent that we won't even call upon God unless he first works in us to free us. And that is that is the thing that's with slavery. Um, there's a funny moment in Futurama where Fry says about slavery. You know the worst thing about being a slave? They make you work, but they don't pay you or let you go. That's the only thing about being a slave. But that's the thing about slaves, isn't it? That slaves can't just decide not to be slaves. You can't decide anymore, oh, I'm not going to be a slave to sin anymore. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't be a slave. You know that being a slave to sin means that we have no power to change that unless God works in us to free us. Now, how does that work? Well, I think we get a clue if you just flip back to John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20, where it says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Now, this is the thing that people who live and walk in darkness prefer it. People don't want to come into the light because they worry that it will expose them for what they are and expose their deeds for what they are. They would prefer to stay in the darkness. And that's how slavery works. It's a a kind of voluntary slavery, if you like. It's people preferring to be slaves rather than coming to God for freedom. That's, that's a powerful form of slavery, isn't it? Where people want to stay slaves rather than come in into what is good. Now, a few months ago, I was having a conversation with someone in the church who works down at the soup run and works with um, homeless people and um, some of them have addiction. And he said, it's, it's a real shame because some of them could make something of their lives, could change and so on, but they don't want to. And you can't help someone who's addicted if they don't want to be helped. You can't just force them out of it. And it's the same with sin. You know, we're addicted to sin. We want it. We crave it. Only God's power can, can break the power of sin. And we need someone stronger to break that power. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 6, verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. Now think about that. No one can come to me because we prefer sin to God, unless the Father who sent me draws them. And that's because God's strength is greater than sin, that God can bring us even when we don't want to. God can change what we want. God can change our hearts so that we seek him instead of seeking our own kind of selfish desires. Now, this might raise a, a difficult question for you at this point, and that, well, why doesn't God do that for everyone why does God do that apparently for some people rather than um, not for everyone? I can't answer that question. We're not given the answer to that question. And in fact, I think what the Bible basically says is, look, let God be God and let us be creatures, which is perhaps not the answer that we, we would want, if we're honest, but actually it is the best answer because it means that there are some things that we human beings are never meant to understand. You know, we need to let God get on with the task of being God. But the important thing to remember is that it is God's strength, not ours, that frees us from the power of sin. And the second part of the article says, We have no power to do good works which are pleasing and acceptable to God, unless the grace of God through Christ goes before us, so that we may have a good will and continue to work with us after we are given that good will. So the thing is, we can't even do good works unless God works in us and God works in the things that we do.
And this again is just exactly what is said in the rest of the New Testament. So in John chapter 15 verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, and abide in me, apart from me you can do nothing. Apart from me you can do nothing. And again in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. You know, we can't do anything on our own because we, you know, everything is tainted by sin. But with God working in us, we can do things which please him because we are working to please our Father. Um, it's that relationship we have with him. Uh, even though, though the things we do are not perfect, God is pleased with them because of the, the relationship that we now have with him in Jesus Christ. So only Jesus can free us from our sin. That is the truly liberating message. You know that we begin life kind of as slaves to sin, that we want sin, we prefer it to prefer it to, to, to God. We prefer what is wrong to what is right. Only Jesus can liberate us from that. Only his teaching can liberate us. So if we want to be free from sin, and if we want true freedom, we need to look not at ourselves because we don't have the power in ourselves to be free, but we need to look to Jesus. Let me finish by reading you a quote from Robert Murray McChain. This is quoted in the book, uh, Christ Our Life. But this, the quote is from uh, Robert Murray McChain, a, a Scottish um, pastor from the, the 19th century. Learn much of the Lord Jesus. For every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. He is altogether lovely. Such infinite majesty, and yet such meekness and grace, and all for sinners, even the chief. Live much in the smiles of God. Bask in his beams. Feel his all-seeing eye settled on you in love and repose in his almighty arms. Let your soul be filled with a heart-ravishing sense of the sweetness and excellency of Christ and all that is in him. Those are wonderful words to finish with. For every look at yourself, take ten looks at Christ. If we want true freedom, don't look to yourself. Look to Christ. So thank you very much for uh, watching or listening to this video podcast. I'm sorry about my voice. I've been battling a cold the last few days, but I think we got through in the end. Um, please do remember that the discussion continues on understandthebible.uk slash discussion. There are some discussion forums there now. And please remember that this is, as I said, on the video and on the podcast. Have a look at the website if you want to explore all of those different things. So Thank you very much for watching and I hope to see you again for another one of these videos or, or podcast very soon. God bless. You know what else stinks about being a slave? The hours.